0: This is i2, where I'll open your eyes to new perspectives. Today's guest, Devin Phillips, has started his career with selling his startup at age 21 to now working in the field of psychedelic research. Okay. Welcome, Devin. Thanks for being on i2 today. Um, How are you going?
1: Oh, amazing. I just got done with work, kind of settling down and uh, looking forward to this conversation.
0: Great, so we're gonna start with a little bit about your personal background. So where where did you grow up?
1: I'm from Lubbock, Texas. I'm from West Texas, Yeehaw uh, County. God, guns, football, cotton, boil. The <laughs> most, most stereotypical part of Texas possible, but I loved it. I mean, super close, family knit. Uh, everyone kind of looks out for each other. Uh, so I grew up there all my life. And then I went to University of Florida for a while. And then from there I transferred well, my college career is kind of all crazy. From there, I transferred <laughs> to, uh, back home to Texas Tech in Lubbock and then I came out here to see Boulder and CU Denver or something in my college all right now. But yeah, from West Texas, so I came from a very conservative place and I moved to a very liberal <laughs> place and it was uh, quite the culture shock.
0: Wow, and what was your position on religion and um, spirituality in those days when you were younger?
1: Wow, um, it, it, It's interesting. Um, so, my grandpa was a deacon in the Catholic Church. So, kind of grew up in the Catholic Church a little bit. Um, my mom never, I just have an incredible mom. I was raised by a single mom. My dad's been in and out of prison most of my life, I had a drug problem, you no know, personal things. Yeah. Uh, so, my mom never really made me choose. She said from a very early age faith is finding something, not just being around something. You know, it's not just faith by just saying that you believe because you're around it, faith actually believing. So I grew up, she's been a Christian all my life. I grew up a Christian for a while. And then around like 16, 17, uh, I just remember questioning my pastors, just different things. You know, it's like, what if Jesus never, you know, what if, uh, you know, there's a place in Africa who never had a chance to meet Jesus. So they go, have, you know, stuff when you're 15, 16, sometimes younger. Yeah. And I started really getting into philosophy and science. And I said about 18, 19, off to college, like I kind of had my, my atheist, nihilistic stage. Um, Reading a lot of Sam Harris and Dawkins and just dipping that classic. You know, thinking <laughs> I could a classic 18, 19 year old thinking I could solve everything, like everything I has, you know, it's either backed by science with ambitious
0: and, scientists from the gut-go. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> exactly. A, little, a little egotistical too at that time. Um so yeah, and then I I say around 21, 22, I started getting psychedelics in my late teens. And you know, long story short I had like something <laughs> called ego death and I saw my walk with my god and I realized that you know I might get too deep in this community for hours but long story short yeah. I kind of found that we are all we are all god we're all have the imprint of creation we're the stars we're the sun we're there we're this table uh, and that really began my spiritual journey this you know not really caring because kind of a Ram Dass like we're all walking each other home I Don't really care if you call it Yahweh, Mohamed, Allah uh, you find love fulfillment as long as once you find love in others, that's beautiful, and I'm for that. I don't care what you call it, if it's true or not. It's just a story you tell yourself to be a better person. That's kind of where I've found myself in, and where I'm at now. So definitely spiritual in a sense of there's energy, there's things that we're all a part of, but I don't call it by name. I, I love all religion. I'm in an amazing Eastern, taking many Eastern religious classes, Eastern philosophy classes, thought before Hinduism, Buddhism. Uh, it's amazing, but yeah, I'm kind of outside around at the same yeah, time yeah.
0: I think those are really amazing reflections that you have particularly when you were talking about sort of your ego and that ego loss it is a really it's really easy in modern society to get caught up in the sort of materialistic and like mechanistic way that we all work so to to distance yourself with spirituality and with religion whatever it may be and sort of have that reflection
1: oh yeah I mean the ego is the weakest thing that we have was what we lead with. So we're always trying to protect this weak structure of this projection of the projection, right? So it's things yeah. that fall in place. And if we don't have a correct way to look at it, uh, and that's dealing with death, and that's dealing with people, being, you know, um, Cornell West, brilliant philosopher, teacher. Yeah. He has this idea of which is this Greek philosophy of like being, being able to look inward at the critical self. And it's like, the one thing that we all share is our humanity. So the further we can actually go in, the more we're actually outward. We try to immediately go outward and that's where we're missing yeah you know, we try to be, no, that's we're not we don't have to really
0: connect. interesting yeah that you talk about that because i'm actually um in the middle of a project right now that's focusing on ancient egyptian medicine and they actually use oh. this life force called heka which is really similar um in that like they can com- a lot of historians compare the greek and the egyptian like idea of heka that it's that inward force that life force that gives life to all all beings and when you're treat when they were treating people with their ancient egyptian medicine that's a lot what they focused on so it's yeah it's interesting how when when these sort of things come up you realize everything's so interconnected
1: oh yeah i mean again like i'm it's hard for me to explain this to people back home because know it's west texas a conservative but it's like i don't have to love you because you're a brother or sister in christ you know i love you because you are me you're just a different perspective you're a projection of me and anything i find a fault in you is usually a projection of my faults to myself so it's like i love you because you are me it's in this different perspective you know so that's just something again it's hard for even oneself to sometimes always remember that but it's like everyone is connect. everyone is connected and everyone is you know the same sort of just this life form just moving across this plane and i would be that exact person if I had their family, their friends, which means we're the exact same accepted perspective. So of course I can't hate, I can't hate anybody. You know, I can disagree strongly and I can be disappointed in actions, but innately, there's no one that has good or evil because I would be that exact person, that exact situation. And how can I judge that person?
0: That's such an interesting way to put it and such an elevated mindset. Wow. <laughs> um, we might turn back to some of those um like advice that you might have for people on on their own journeys of self-discovery. But before we get, you know, on this spiral, because as you said, it oh, yeah, is that's, definitely that's, something you yeah, could yeah. yeah. talk about it for hours. Yeah. It's such a, such a, you know, broad, beautiful topic. Um, I wanted to move a little bit to your professional work. So um, when you were making your decisions in college, what made you actually choose neuroscience?
1: I didn't choose neuroscience at first. Um, <laughs> a really weird, as to everybody, right? I originally went to the University of Florida. I got this really amazing innovation academy they had there. So it's like a mixture of business and engineering. But I was also 18, and I just wanted to party, essentially. Uh, So I went to Florida, had an amazing time as far as social life. My school life did not have an amazing time, though. My grades definitely weren't amazing. So I transferred back to my hometown college, Texas Tech, which is an amazing college. I didn't was going for a dual degree in finance and management. But during that time, a couple of buddies and I, we started a software company that specialized in virtual reality merchandising for car dealerships. Not knowing what we were doing, um, we set off on that. And for, you know, we did a whole startup thing 18 months broke, not eating, you know, sleeping in the office. And there's a billion stories in between, but we're, we can't be here for three days. But <laughs> so we eventually got some traction. Uh, yeah, there's all sorts of crazy work. But we eventually got some traction. We got invited to this this West Texas innovation uh, competition. Uh did really well. We ended up getting acquired somewhere from four people to a 24 person team in and out. Wow. App. So I dropped out of school, ran out for a while. Um, and then one day, really awesome situation, our C suite of our parent company still is going on so I can't say what because who knows I don't even really care anymore. Uh, yeah they committed a 116 million dollar fraud.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: Yeah really awesome really really awesome so <laughs> it's guys,
0: great news <laughs>
1: yeah great i mean it's just really I'm 23 at the time not even knowing what that even really means so I'm like even do that uh because again I was a 22 23 old CEO uh, every day I didn't know what I was doing. I remember one day I was in my office like at three o'clock in the morning and I swear to god I did this. I typed in on in google what does a ceo do because like i've taken like at this time i'm taking at this time maybe like four or five business classes like two accounting classes a management class so it's like i have software developers and they have things they need to get done you know listed and i have you know marketing team as a ceo you're kind of interdisciplinary there's no really like list so i'm like i want to watch you work on it so yeah i didn't know i was doing it was a day by day we just you know trying. But that's business, right? That's how you learn to get punched in the gut. So yeah, so that happened. But during that time, too, um, with me not knowing what I was doing, I got in a really bad Adderall addiction. Mm -hmm. I was taking really high amounts. Well, I say really high amounts of Adderall for some reason I prescribed every single day. Because one, I was telling myself I needed to work, which is somewhat true. But how Adderall works is amphetamine, you get this release of confidence essentially so me not knowing what I was doing I also at the same time took it because it made me feel confident like, I was so young I had these people I looked up to looked up to I had these people who depended on me uh, yeah. done. so at raw addiction I was losing weight losing friends I was working same amount of hours like I was the most successful I've ever been but I was so unhappy yeah. and I was like I don't want to be the best at making car software I, I was just lost and I was also in that little stage of like not really and I had a religion I wasn't really spiritual I was just in this black hole kind of place um and then I had a few ego deaths psychedelics and then I started doing research over and psilocybin mushrooms and that helped me kick the Adderall addiction um so then this whole bankrupt thing happened and I was like it was terrible because I mean, these are my close friends who I just spent my whole three or four years of my life giving my everything to that it's got taken away. But at the same time, it was a blessing because I needed to get out of that situation. Being in the car industry is not a good industry to be in, also, there's not a lot of intellectual conversation. You're not dumb, don't call anyone dumb, but you're just not having a conversation that feels so. Uh, one day I'm sitting in my backyard in my house and I'm tripping on mushrooms. I'm like, I want to be a mentor. It always told me, whatever you do, whether it's a janitor or CEO, just be the Michael Jordan. You know, fulfillment comes in giving your all whatever, relationship, friendships, whatever, you're gonna find fulfillment and giving it all. So I'm like, I wanna be the Michael Jordan of psychedelics. And not just because I enjoy taking psychedelics, which I do, but I'm biracial. I came from, we were pretty broke, very broke when I grew up as a single mom. Um, badish parts of town, but then I had wealthy friends and we ended up having money. My mom became a vice president, second biggest company, or fourth biggest company in my city. So once wow. I had no money, yeah, and I had all these. I was always a bridge. I've always been a bridge in my community and cultures. I'm a nerd uh, about being in basketball, so I would always like you know, be be with the people in the same socioeconomic situations as me, but also be on the robotics teams and be on you know on all these electric. So that has always been a bridge. I can again yeah. live in a super conservative place, liberal place. I can have conversations with both and get people to not meet in the middle and settle, but actually meet in the middle to build solutions. So I thought, okay, how can I do something big that it's a touchy subject that's going to take a lot of communication? It has to be a bridge between two things, academia and culture or right? psychedelics. So I'm like, I want to be in my Michael Jordan psychedelics. I'm just sitting sit in my grass like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now I'm like the sun's in Black my face I'm like this. <laughs> yeah, like this is exactly okay. So this I'm also tripping. So like, you know, you gotta like take time to integrate it get done. So I like that night, my like, how am I going to do this? All right, well, I have the business background, but I don't have a science background. I've always loved neuroscience. I've always, like, personally read neuroscience, cognitive psychology, the, school, the books itself, but I never actually in yeah. school. So like, I need to go back to college, get a degree, some type of science, whether it's pharmacology or neuroscience. Um, eventually, I want to go to MIT or Stanford. Right? Who letter recommendations that I need? Well, one of my heroes in business is Rick Doblin. Rick Doblin's the... Director of MAPS, the founder of MAPS, a company I currently work for. So all right, I'm gonna get Rick Dalman to be one of my largest recommendations. I'll be a so and so. So I built out this whole plan of like, right, how can I be this person in a way that one gets me, but also is in a way I would love doing it too? Because I've done the whole startup, burn out your life yeah. for the cash, money, like to be able to say, did it. Now it's miserable. I was like, how can I do something that like I can one give my all to, but also enjoy doing it at the same time? I already love neuroscience, I already love psychedelics, I already love people. I've seen, I've seen addiction problems. I've seen, you know, all types of mental disabilities. I know that it's an internal battle, and I know if I could do something, I could really help. This being where I'm from, and I started our route. So now I got in a neuroscience program. I'm technically it's a, it's a interdisciplinary. It's neuroscience is also it's human-centered design and engineering so it's like a
0: synthetic biotech wow (laughs) you really completely fit the profile of interdisciplinary in in all aspects it's quite quite amazing to to listen to um that that experience those experiences that you had and particularly having realized at so such a young age that this startup ceo life it wasn't what you wanted to do and then be able to make those changes and like be so resilient jumping from one thing to the next really discovering what you're wanting to be doing it's it's quite impressive
1: i uh, appreciate it and it was hard i mean i remember like it was yesterday so my best friend who i lived most at the time brennan he he's in the national guard he had this guy deployed to africa so it is the month of july uh he, he gets deployed so it's me and him living in his house he gets deployed my best friend was my dog also chance so he oh. Brennan in his house in um, his dog hove so he gives hove away he has to be deployed oh. um, so he gets deployed that's pretty sad he's gonna be gone for a while so kind of sad about that but then we get on the front page of our school newspaper or not school our city newspaper we get all these cool accolades and stuff so i didn't notice about my city which is kind of cool mm-hmm. that happened so there's a high but then a week after that my dog suddenly dies i don't know what he had like this internal something ruptured his stomach and just died so i remember working like all throughout the night coming home to an empty house and i'm just heartbroken and i'm like what am i doing like i am not building anything like i am building something for what i'm not building any relationships i'm not calling my mom more. i'm not calling my friends more i'm not telling more people i'm like what am i doing and for a while, I just felt lost because it's like, okay, if I don't do this though, what am I going to do? I'm this kid from West Texas. They still think weed's needs the devil down here, right? I don't have any psychedelic. I don't, know what you, I don't know what a job in psychedelics looks like other than a clinician or a therapist or whatever. So I was just really just lost for a long time. And then, yeah, I just took this chance. I moved up to Denver and I was like, yeah, Denver's an amazing city. I know there's psychedelic research yeah. going on here. I could meet people here. Somebody just go over here and, and just like that. I, I cold emailed and now so now I work for MAPS multidisciplinary association of psychedelic studies it's a nonprofit research and pharmaceutical company and it was like my dream company because again Rick Doblin who's the founder, is an amazing amazing person so I came up here and I literally cold emailed like every single person I could find who works for the company saying so, hey, like I've done this in my past I have yeah. the skills but if you I need someone to like answer emails or literally don't care I'll work for $9 an hour, $12 an hour, not pretty much, did. I started like at $14 an hour, Wow! And, and that was actually after a year being here, me just like grinding and finding, you know, a way to make networks and connections, and yeah, so it, it, all that just to say, it was being able to look inward and being able to give a perspective of what I've gone through, it hasn't really been me being smarter or more wise or intelligent, it's being punched in the gut and having to sit in that dark space, it was like Carl Jung, right? It's like, the light comes with the dark, the shadow comes with the sun. It's yeah. like, to reach, and you gotta have roots that reach the depths of hell. And it's because of those dark times and me not being able to, or me being able to stay in those dark times and have amazing friends, amazing family, people I can count on and love on. It's, like, it's not just me. Great support, me.
0: Oh, great support system.
1: A great support system. I've now been able to be in this amazing organization and do some really awesome things and work with some of this, downright like this crazy, smart, Intelligent, loving people. You know, I'm, I'm used to the startup world where everyone's like a shark. You know, everyone's like out for themselves. Yeah. You have the accolades to say you have them, but these corporate like
0: stooges.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. These people are like MIT grad, Harvard grad, but like, are you most caring and loving? Take their own shirt off their back for you for people to where it's like, you will even know they have all these accolades unless you go check their LinkedIn out. You're like, oh my God, like this guy worked for- BCG and has like three degrees from MIT, you know, it was like, wow. I'm going to have a breath work retreat where you let my yoga class and like asked me how my family was <laughs> and remember the, the one thing I told him four years ago about my sister, you know, like wow, like those type of people. So, yeah. the, the
0: way that, yeah, the way that you form connections and that network is so, so much more important than any sort of professional experience because, you know, ultimately it reflects who you are and, and the type of people that you can connect with.
1: Oh, 100%, 100% the connection with everything. Yeah, and, and I mean, yeah, shallow maps, doing you know, some amazing things. I mean, we, right now, we it's got done the phase three trials of MBA treatment for uh, assisted psychotherapy for PTSD, which is- incredible. I was
0: gonna actually, yeah, talk about that a little bit further, because I, I was oh, yeah. really intrigued by the way that you mentioned and talk about on, um, like the, the way that you talk about integrating culture into how we talk about psychedelics. And it is such a thing. Um, I mean, even in Australia, we there's such a, a ban and this hype, like it's so illegal, and you know, it's the, the drug kids that do it. And so it does have this real reputation, but the actual influence on neuroplasticity and repairing um like assistive psychotherapies for PTSD, even as potential preventative Medicines for dementia, and Alzheimer's, has been proposed. So, I think that that's really interesting aspects that aren't talked about more. Um, so, yeah, could you explain a bit more about those clinical trials, particularly for PTSD? Yeah, yeah.
1: So, I'll, 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 get, I'll start the the trials itself. So, we had a phase three trial a few months ago, or it was published a few months ago, and and it, it was also on treatment resistant PTSD. So, these people had had severe PTSD for on average fourteen years over 14 years I believe and our current treatment for PTSD is usually exposure therapy and it has about a you know 25 to 40 percent success rate and not because these therapists are not great these therapists are amazing these therapists just don't have the correct tools to do what they need to do and that's where the MDMA comes in and that's why it's so important the assisted of the assisted therapy the therapy is a the crucial part and with this last clinical trial, what we found was eighty-eight percent of people who got the MD may respond. Sixty-seven percent didn't qualify for PTSD at all, compared to the thirty-five percent of the placebo group, which is nuts. Wow, is absolutely crazy to have something that is so effective in a short amount That's of time. That's such
0: a significant um, finding.
1: Oh, it's insane, and it's it, it's something that. we even ourselves it's not a lot of people can make sense of it because when you have something like this a lot and that's why it's also a hype in some sense because usually when you have a finding like this there's always someone trying to pick holes at it but our phase two trials said pretty much the same exact thing and it it makes sense right because how mbma works right it it, one promotes release it it inhibits reuptake of all serotonin norepinephrine and dopamine right so it's like you have more grace and perspective at these fear associate, associations that you make with whatever trigger point is. And so it's not that the MDMA itself is solving it. The MBMA is allowing you to give a new perspective on what you think is fear, which then allows you to talk to the therapist in a way you hadn't before, an approach of, I'm afraid of this because of this, but it doesn't logically make sense because I love myself. And I haven't told myself I love myself in a long time. So why do I feel this way? Because I do love myself. Let's integrate this with conversation. And that's what's been amazing. It's not the pharmacology itself, you know? And I think I even fall in this trap sometimes talking about psychedelics in general is sometimes it place too much emphasis on psychedelic alone. Yeah. It's really important part of being able to talk, but just like all things, like when you study, right, you learn a lot more when you're able to talk out what you just read or, you know, what you just wrote a paper about. Same Absolutely. thing about internally. It's like, I... You know, I had a shadow on me that this whole, thought, this whole time that was darkness, but it was really just something else. Like, let me talk to you about it. And you explain it all. And then logically, like, wow, like, this makes a lot more sense. You know, it's a, it's a kind Yeah,
0: of- absolutely. And it's interesting as well um, when you think about that sort of concomitant therapy, like the pharmacology is the one side, but the social interactions and that therapeutic approach from the therapist adds so much more value to it as well um, and in religious settings i know that there's a lot of particularly in the middle east and in asia there's a lot of integration of different um, like herbs and different fruits and vegetables nuts that have strong like potent um chemicals that are in psychedelics that they use for different religious um, rituals, which is really interesting also given your perspectives on on religion and when you were talking about the cultural integration.
1: Yeah, I mean what's what's funny is ironic, especially all these public companies, I've mean, nothing wrong with public companies doing this, is all these practices have been around for forever. You know, it's yeah it's it's we're we're just reinventing we're not reinventing the will, we're just placing it with specific diagnosis of something but the actual practice itself it's again it's this spiritual it's this relationship there's no better health plan than having loving relationships and the first the greatest loving relationships with yourself you have to figure that out you got to get through the darkness to see that But there's no better health plan than that so we're just doing that exact same thing but the way we have to do it in america which is which it should is going through that process make sure it's safe and how we're going to know that which is in itself is still hard because you know go back to clinics. Like I think there's a if you try to commit suicide and go to a clinic, there's like a 63% higher chance that you will commit suicide after that clinic because of the experience. You know, so then it's like, what's the best way to administer a psychedelic? Is it in a clinic or is it, you know, you go to an isolated place like how is that underground currently? You go to the forest or mountains with someone that you trust or someone who's you know been this for a while. Like what is the best way to do that? And it's trial and error. And that's, why, too, and that's why getting naps is such an amazing thing. Like we know there isn't one way, you know, there isn't one true fits all type of thing. It's, we're gonna approach this the best we can in the way that we know we need to with the FDA, but we're also gonna approach it with grace and understand that it's a trial and error. We're willing to change and do whatever is, works best for the person. We're not trying to make an Amazon, yeah. you know, that's how you do know, Cause like we're, we're literally, that's why we're a nonprofit. We're a nonprofit pharmaceutical company.
0: I absolutely I fully agree and I think that the way that you're talking about it as well and the way that you present maps um how they're involved in all like conducting all this research it's such an underrated thing how the way that you approach talking about sort of it's almost like taboo topics it influences how others react because I know that I definitely know some very close personal friends who if I mentioned to them like the slightest bit about like a bit of, you know, research, I did a, a paper a couple of um, months ago on marijuana and the sort of therapeutic benefits of that. And that's the topic that I'm really passionate about. And if I mentioned it to them, they would be very much like, no, 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 <laughs> can't do that. Right. It's illegal. So um, yeah, it's it's quite, we, uh, there's this sort of approach that we know so much, but these practices have been going on for for hundreds and thousands of years
1: oh oh yeah and so same here you know i gotta talk to my loved ones in west texas about yes know, cannabis you know uh, psychedelic social psychedelic therapy and you gotta be where they're at and you gotta you gotta give them information to shift and not trying to change them which i had a battle with myself i'm a nerd you know, yeah. I'll, I'll give you the stats. Cows come home about why something does something, but that, no one really yeah. cares for stats. Like stats don't change people. It's a story. Yeah,
0: it's
1: West so Texas, easy
0: to get caught in that sort of black and white, like it's good or it's bad. But it's such a that. such a gray area.
1: It's always in the gray. And so, and so West Texas is a like back to blue um, police force and you know support our troops, which is which is great. Yeah. Uh, so what you say is like, hey, look. There's a mass amount of soldiers who come home and kill themselves. What we do right now, we spend a ton of money, but we're not doing anything to help. What if I told you that we have a treatment that is almost double the amount of effectiveness of treating PTSD, getting rid of it? Um, you know, it only takes two three months. And what if I told you that you know, 60% less of veterans kill themselves? That means there's more fathers who return. You know, more mothers, more sons, more daughters. Would you be something that you get? A, would that be something you would listen to? Not even support, would that be something you would listen to. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is Andy therapy. now I used to come across of like, this is why drugs are not bad. You know, like my, you know, like this, is the drug war has been racism, which it is. Like that's all true, but it's like that was me trying to get a point across. To look what I know. Now I'm trying to get the point across is like I understand what you care about. And I think the best way to get there is to do this. Now, hear me out. But at the same time, I want you to understand, I'm going to hear you out. Because this is, it is trippy literally. You know, it is a concept that's hard because, of course, you're going to believe the stigma because your whole life you've been told that. Why am I upset yeah. that you're not creating something that you've been told about your whole life the wrong way? So, again, it's just me. And that's why I'm so lucky to come from West Texas, because I know what these people in these type of cities care about very family focused and like, hey, as long as the minor are taken care of, they will listen. It might take a little bit longer in some of these time drug talks, but they will. I I've met an ex- a ton of especially older white people in West Texas who are totally open to weed now that hated it 10 years ago just because they have chronic pain issues and they went to colorado one time and had edible they're like yeah why are you <laughs> now, now, like, now they're telling yeah. everybody you know now they're trying to do it and love it you know like hey that's illegal out there but it, it's again it's like it's a handshake type of place it's like yeah that works to me in a way that helps people i care about or myself and i will listen to you but in the way that you approach it in the more liberal area is totally different also. And that's when you start talking about the, you know, the, the racism that you know, the drug wars cause and the costs and um, how it's been focalized on very minority type of groups. And that's how you can push them. So again, you got to meet where they're at. You got you to come with grace and understanding and know your stuff. Also, that's very important, which again, I I love because I'm a huge nerd. Uh, but be okay with leaving that interaction with them not initially thinking different that's okay it's like it's say in a way that they can ingest because they might go home and they might sleep on it and they might have one little fact stick in their head and then they go tell their buddy in the water cooler talking about work that kind of grows and then yeah three months you call back it's like, so hey, you slow slow
0: integration like it's yeah. a bit like exposing them in, in tiny doses and then eventually it becomes sort of something that they are more aware of and I think that ties in really nicely with what you were saying before um even in like the corporate world building those networks and and when you started off at Maps, you know at the very bottom just making friends and, and trying to grow the people that you knew um it, it ultimately does come down to the connections that you have and how you understand people
1: yeah and yeah it's also awesome. that's why I come back to culture too like where are you you know, culture transforms us. I'm a big academia person. I love education, but education is a very small population as far as academia in the, the college area. You know, you I, I learned, I, as a kid, I learned a lot of my mannerisms and how I interact with people off from the basketball courts, playing with older kids, getting beat up, you know. Going <laughs> to the state. Yeah, I mean, going to the malls, going to, having those interactions, that's how, where yeah. I learn how I want to press, how I talk, who I listen to. And that's where we learn. It, I give these examples like, Take Kanye West, right? Kanye West has made two gospel albums. Kanye West has gospel service he brought to Coachella. Kanye West has atheists going to gospel concerts. That's the power of culture. Like it's not, sure. it's not some missionary going to atheist saying, Let me show you what God can do for you. Come to my church and hear worship. No, that you can spit any type of album with the facts in the Bible. Say there were facts in the Bible, wouldn't help culture is putting it within the expression of music comedy art that's how you actually get it to transform people Kanye West made it cool to, as when rappers in the early 2000s were wearing giant i'm I'm using connie everyone's you know had a long jerseys a long t-shirt and a rap well connie came out with the pink polos and the small backpack and then everyone in the community started wearing that, and it's Again, it's not because, like, hey, if you dress in polo and you look nice, you're going to get a better career, which are better facts, right? Like, you dress more professionally, people are going to take more serious. Those are facts. None of that was yeah. the reason why people did.
0: And that's, that's, what, true. You have,
1: that's what you have to do with, with these types of things. You have to have the facts and the clinical practices and what we're doing with stuff. But to actually get it within a culture, which psychedelics always have, especially in the 60s, you have to yeah. put that within the music within the art and but more importantly too you have to put seeking help as you have to normalize seeking help within a culture before you can take that step yeah because like, it's still therapy so it's like you have really and we're doing it there's a lot of people within the entertainment and art world and actors and communities who are placing mental health first And but that's how you make change
0: yeah it's definitely there has been a big movement towards it particularly during everything that know the whole world has been experiencing the past couple of years the sort of normalization of mental health and talking and um, and talk therapies has really increased so it's yeah
1: yeah that's amazing and again it it has we've known the stats forever as far as like how therapy helps and yeah we know that but it's just again we are such we're such creatures of this wanting to be accepted and we would do whatever we feel like our current tribe feels right to do. And if there's someone that you really look up to that says, hey, look, I go to a therapist, that's a lot better than the lead therapist in the world saying if you go to therapy, you'll have a 70% success rate of
0: that's so true. Yeah. A social acceptance is such an effector in our decision making.
1: And even people like me who are aware of it, I'm still Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, like there's no getting away from it. And you can use that as a gift or a curse. Like a, and that's why it's so important to be around really great people. It's like, yeah. you're always going to be influenced by social pressure, whether you like it or not. So it's like, let's use that to build a machine to or, or help building the best possible people that we can, the best organizations that we can, the best nonprofits, the best for-profits, the best relationships, friendships, whatever. You can use that same. You got to understand it, but you can use that same machine to produce... Uh, a world we well want
0: to live in hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. You've mentioned so many really valuable pieces of advice today. I wanted to sort of lead into um, some questions about specific advice. What would you say is the most valuable tip that you have either heard or that you've learned that you is like your go-to to recommend or that really helped you.
1: Yeah. I mean, I have a few. I mean, one, the most valuable thing I've done is just read. I read like my life depends on it. Um, all genres of books, all, you know, I've been big on global warming currently, but um, medicine, food, nutrition, gardening. Yeah, just read. I mean, again, you're, you're reading the dots of incredible people. You're going to interview with the best people possible for any job at your fingertips. And because the best experience is experienced, but you're not always gonna be able to experience. I mean, there's no reason not to be able to see what's coming without having to experience that fall. And it's really helped me one, build insight, but also uh, Daniel Kahneman has, well, that's not to say a about himself, but it's, <laughs> it's your less one dimensional arguments make you very confident you know when you have to be one-dimensional you're super confident when you yeah. see more sides on something you are less confident that's why the louder ones tend to be the ones you only see one side when yeah. you read a lot you realize man i really don't know that much <laughs> you know so yeah hard, that's so true where day we're like man there's a lot the only guy i not know that much there's a lot of people who know a lot yeah I'm not, I'm not on their level there's no reason i should be shouting right yeah. Yeah. Which is it which is amazing. I I would I only, I only want to live in a world where there is constantly new people who just amazing. That's the most beautiful thing ever. is picking up a book that wow, I and Silva, so I found this person.
0: Yeah, uh, everything gives you some new information or some new way to approach your own life, new perspective.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it's amazing. I used to hate reading. I used to be like the spark milk king in high school. I used to read the summaries. <laughs> oh, yeah, I used to hate I used to, I love reading as a kid. At the high school because i had to i didn't really see a point in reading when you get yeah. out like, oh, like this actually makes my life better you know wish i um, would have known as yeah so, so reading definitely that's by far and, and i tell my friends who hate reading too if you gotta start by reading two pages a day read two pages a day if you gotta read yeah. one a year read one book a year it doesn't matter and also retain information i'll be like yeah i read 56 books a year
0: Okay. Do, do you remember any of that yeah how I many can
1: you remember especially in the science part I things. Like, it takes me forever to read a science book because like, I want to take crazy notes but two is like I want to remember it so it might, it might be yeah
0: and it's such stuff. dense information as well so like by the time you process everything
1: yeah three pages might take me an hour because I'm like trying yeah right now I see and teach myself and stuff so yeah reading and then two in the same strategy of reading two pages a day I go back to this other strategies meditation meditation been mm-hmm. a game changer uh, I meditate every single day 20 minutes. But I started at two minutes a day and then I went to five minutes. And this wasn't just like I started at two minutes a day for two days and with five minutes a day for three. It's like I was at two minutes a day for like a month. You know? yeah. And I went to five minutes a day for like three months, like and then 10 minutes for a while and then 15, 20, sometimes you 30. But wow. That's really to, this, you know, it gives me, it's the only time in my day where I'm actually me because like I'm present. It's the only like, yeah. real you are right we're always like thinking about the future of the past even when we're, we're trying to be present we still slightly always think about the future of the past yeah. meditation is like i'm just like 100% me and having that thing to kind of shoot for on a daily basis to recollect my thoughts and remember hey the stuff i'm worrying about is not real you know and if it's gonna happen yeah uh, then that's completely changed my life as far as myself. have you
0: read Eckhart Tuller's book the power of now
1: it's crazy. My mom literally just sent me that book like a month ago. Really? I haven't read it at all. The
0: things know. that you're saying are exactly in line with what Eckhart Tolle talks about. Um, sort of after chapter seven, it gets a little bit repetitive. It's still really interesting to read. But the basic principle of the idea is that the ego survives by clinging to the past and the future. And so like when you were talking at the very start of the interview about your ego death, when you're meditating and when you're present in the moment, which a lot of psychedelics actually allow you to do, sort of release from the the past and the present. That's when the past and the future is when you're present.
1: Yeah, no, it yeah, it's single handedly. where all suffering lives. Like suffering lives in a story that you tell yourself. Like yeah. Like all things, and that's what kind of what Buddhism teaches you, right? Like life's a river. You can't grab onto what's moving and I, yeah. I know I will be meditating and being mindful doesn't and being you know affirmation manifesting doesn't mean bad things won't ever happen to me of course bad things happen to me. it means bad things won't continue to happen to me because I'm yeah. awesome I don't hold on to amazing things yeah and both seem for are. try to yeah, yeah.
0: I, uh, uh, there's such a thing um that you know would you be equally as happy if you found five dollars on the ground as you would as you are to sort of spend five dollars on a coffee because more most people are more sad by the fact that they have to spend five dollars on a coffee than they would be if they found five dollars on the ground they're like oh five dollars like it's it's not so yeah it's (laughs) it's that equilibrium that value is not the same
1: yes loss aversion yeah yeah Said, yeah, you can get 20 comments. I mean, same thing with social media. You can post a picture and get 40 amazing comments of how you look, and then one comment says you look terrible, and you will focus on that one. Most yep. people focus on that one comment, like how you look terrible.
0: So yeah. that's going
1: back to statsing. statistically, it makes no sense. Right? Yeah,
0: it's, it's so just,
1: true. Like, we're storytellers. Like our minds are just how, again, like you know, now, like our frontal cortex are, you are babies compared to everything else, right? Like we're made for now it's the Cheryl like me in high school but I used to be like is there a line in the bush you know you're trying to make up a story that hey is there something that's going to kill me
0: yeah
1: and continue it so now it's still the same type of communication now it's like killing but it still promotes a stressful signal to us that we yeah and there's a
0: lot more reliance because we're as like human beings, we're not just surviving in the wild anymore. We're actually focusing on social cooperation and our societies and the communities that we live in. So that the sort of opinions and the things that they say and the effect that they have on us is a lot stronger than it ever used to be.
1: Yeah. It's lots of balance because again it's always a projection of a projection. You're you never it's that saying of like I'm not who I think I am. I'm not who you think I am. I'm what I think you think I am. Yes. Yeah. is is something to where like you'll never if you always fix it it's something you build the highest castle on the most faulty platforms like the 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 story of the bible building on the sand it's like we put up these bridges on the most faulty platforms and it's something you're gonna fall you will always have suffering. you will always always it's like if you don't like the power now like if you don't focus on just what is happening now you're always going to be disappointed there's always
0: I read this, I came across this question in a book a couple years ago. Um, I've forgotten now exactly what book it was, but it was very much talking about those same ideas about um, the ego and your personality. A lot of people, if you ask them who they were without without mentioning anything from their past or their like future ambitions, they would actually find it really hard to describe who they are as a person, because a lot of what we think of ourselves is based on the decisions that we want to make for our future or the decisions that we made in our past and how that affected us. So if you're sort of strip all of that away, talking about who you are is actually really hard.
1: Yeah. And also too, I believe because we're not one person, you know, I, I'm not just, I'm always changing. I'm a different person okay. every day. I, you know, some days I'm a way better son, you know, or I'm a way better friend. or am a way better employee. It's like, I'm not, I'm not one thing because inherently there's not one like there's not an objective thing that can describe a subjective object yeah right so it's so when, again when we try to fixate on this you know we're you know we're trying to grab a river of water it's always you can't grab something that's always you know, yeah
0: yeah absolutely there's this theory and philosophy that i really subscribe to is called relationalism so the idea is that a circle is made up of points and you can never actually get to like what's inside the circle and it's a lot of like ancient philosophy that aristotle's sort of essence of a being uh you can never actually understand the essence of someone's being because you are a being yourself and so the way that you perceive different things is always as your relation to them so the way that i'm talking to you now is me from my side of the computer talking to you you know i can never actually know what it's like to be in be you or never really understand. So it's yeah, it's really interesting um how it all it all it all connects, all relates.
1: Yeah, uh, you say what you want. I don't even know who Osho is. It's kind of a some people love him, some people don't. But he has this saying that what we are, I might be messing stuff this, this is from what I've read long back. So you imagine energy just being these straight lines, right? the mm-hmm. energy that you got the day throughout your life and they cross we have a bunch of straight lines that cross sometimes i'll make a triangle or i'll make a square once they cross you'll see it's like, well, so i will the outside it looks like you're a triangle and you say hey that's a triangle well really you're just energy crossing that's making that shape so like, well if you try to tell yourself that you're a triangle the next day when you have a different energy it's not going to make that shape anymore so you're going to be disappointed because you're not that triangle anymore so you're yeah. trying, to, trying to describe what you see when actually it's the energy that's crossing and you can't really yeah. describe because it it's always moving, it's always changing, Yeah. You know? so this this focus on having that good energy to overlaps, rather than trying to describe what you are, because again, it's subjective, it's always just moving around, so yeah. yeah, that's what, so that's what, again, that meditation really got me there, and um, yeah, so if I, I get any advice to people is read, meditate, um, of course, you know, getting good habits, that's so, so easy for me to say, and you want to say that it's huge, <laughs> but uh, also too, which I had to get through, I had someone, like, my roommate Brian, really helped me on this because he's a bright light. He's, he's a friend to everybody, uh, so I got to learn just being around him. So it's like telling your friends that you owe them, which yeah. is very simple. But especially but for guys, like I, and not because I felt like I wasn't manly, it's never crossed my mind to tell my guy friend that this on on a phone call, just hey, man, I love you, and it's yeah. never crossed my mind. I, also, I didn't grow up with father figures, so I never really had that to begin with, anyways. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's. Like not and not because it's a birthday or because they're going through something hard, it's because it's a Tuesday and you just call to say what's up, and you just send the phone and say, No, hey, you know, what's hey, dude, I'm proud of you, or just a very, it, it takes such a small amount of encouragement for all people like to really change their day, you know. You don't have to, yeah, like,
0: that's really true.
1: It It is incredibly small. Imagine when you have someone, a stranger at a grocery store, and say, I really love that shirt, like the next five minutes, like. Yeah, i feel good yeah like yeah. <laughs> <That's pretty laughs> you know, they, they didn't say anything groundbreaking they didn't you know they didn't solve a problem for you but for like five minutes you're like man i feel really good right
0: now yeah and like things.
1: yeah and that's yeah spread, know,
0: spread good energies yeah
1: and that's something you don't know, no. imagine from a person that really respects and loves you when you give them that call. that strikes deep you know when you have a friend who says, that really love what you do with your hair today like man, that person knows me i love them and i really respect their opinion like yeah i feel really so it's like it's the small things that compound. down. We say this a lot. Like you never know what someone's going through, but at the same time,
0: mm.
1: they don't know, have to, to be
0: through going
1: through something. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's what I'm saying. It feels really good, like love, right? Like it's just like this. It, it sounds so simple, but it it's like when this helping with psychedelics kind of get me there. Like when the goal is love and connection, why not always try to have a connection? You know, why look for these high points of like? You know, the, the trip, the experience, the concert, the festival, the falling in love, love at first sight. When the actual joy is the in between moments of just like being in the presence of someone you love and do them know that you love them, there's no higher low. And then you go in to watch a movie or yeah. y'all party for the night or whatever y'all handshaking, dapping up. And it's so, like that's those compounding interactions over the time period of your lifetime. It's like this makes an incredible life. So that's. That's huge. And it's kind of hard because it's kind of awkward if you don't normally do it because your friends be like, what do you say? You know, if they don't <laughs> really do it, Right? But also, like, again, yeah. you know, that's why I'm very, like, I have a really close friend group of guys, too, who, are like, always said, like, hey, I love you. Like, hey, how are you going? Very mm-hmm. open, emotionally. And stuff. So I've been really fortunate. And also you yeah. attract who you are, too. So it's probably not a coincidence. That yeah. more, I find they just happen to be like that also. So it's not like I'm just having to fall into it. But those three things, I could give career advice. I can give like, hey, <laughs> there, there's things that are emerging in the world, especially with AI, especially within the pharmaceutical industry that are really, you know, going to pop off and you want to focus on things with this different degree or this different internships. I could go that route, but that route would lead you to MD if you don't get these parts first. Yeah, and no, those that's... Routes also, those routes will mm-hmm. also guarantee when you go to these routes. When people, when you truly care about people, that truly care about you and they will help guide you to the right direction, whatever that needs to be.
0: There's such powerful advice, and it's such a, again, it's an underrated thing that how much incremental change affects us because you don't notice it until much later. And I mean, I recently, for one of my university subjects, we were going through a coaching process and learning how to do professional coaching, and we got to experience it ourselves. And I remember thinking at the beginning that, you know, we're doing this over a period of four weeks, like it's not going to do anything. But coming out the end of it, the incremental, changes and the action steps that i actually put into place i really observed a change so it is it is so important and you know it's great that you know you're you're reminding people of that and even like today on this on this episode of the of the itunes show to be able to say that to to the listeners i think it's really powerful
1: well that well i gotta remind people like i gotta remind myself (laughs) (laughs) like even even myself i stroke like that's how and that's why again you approach everything with grace because it's it is hard like they're all kind of obvious but life happens life's hard like we deal with a lot of things we are overloaded with information with no tools to take them on we're trying to figure out relationships our lives what happens after our lives who we love who we want to be around at all times our health exercise and so i don't take it to heart when someone's not doing it because I don't do it sometimes and I know how awesome it is I know how fulfilling it can feel so yeah, I try to say as much as possible to others because at the same time selfishly I gotta tell it to myself so the more I can say it out loud the more I'm like Man, this is a 3,000th time you've told somebody get this down <laughs> <You know? laughs> like get this down to a T because you're doing it and you're good but still I'm a human so sometimes I you
0: know, oh of off. course no that's I mean habit formation is not it was never meant to be easy
1: Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think mean, those are the three biggest things. I mean, read, meditate, tell tell those around you that I love them that you love them. I love them too. I don't know about. Them too. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, again, I it, and it's this is where like the the spiritual part comes because it is it's something I can't prove by numbers. But like, the more I put emphasis, I place emphasis on others, and that's not meaning put everyone's feelings and stuff above you. There's a difference. This is mean genuinely loving people and figuring out ways that you can love people. The more I've placed emphasis on that, just the more my life has turned out for the better, both personally, but also career-wise. And both the paths where I should take have opened up where I've had stress, like, do I go, when I first started school, I do go, do I go computer science, do more jobs, blah blah. Mm. But just being the people who I want to be like, who love hard and others, but who are also like the Michael Jordan in their position, they love amazingly, but they're also skill sets crazy. I want to be like them, and it just fell into my lap because I was able to make the relationships with people who I really care about. So yeah,
0: yeah, no, that's great, and. Just the last thing I picked up, you said genuine love. I think that is so true because oftentimes we have this unspoken expectation that, you know, if we say someone to someone that we love them, that they're going to say it back. But if you love genuinely, you don't expect it. You just, you want them to know that you love them. And even if you know that they love you, you're not waiting to hear them say it. I'm not waiting for them to show it to you just because you did in that moment.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because you got you to gotta be the, you have to be the example of what deep love is for some people. Some people are just used, and they, their love is a surface-level love, and not because they're surface, they want to be. They've only experienced surface-level love. Yeah. So sometimes you have to be that bright light for them, and they might treat you terribly because they never know what that looks like. But for them, it's like, oh, this is what it actually means for someone to truly care about me. Or someone yeah. who asks, "How am I doing?" It actually mean it to allow them to deepen that love for them to eventually find it themselves. So again, you just have to be that light and be a sacrifice. That uh, it's kind of the Judeo-Christian type here. You be the sacrifice, the of the light. Yeah, it's true.
0: Well, thank you so much for talking through your experiences and the sciences behind the psychedelic um, trials that you're doing. I think I definitely. Really enjoyed this this conversation and learning from you. And I'm sure that the listeners of i2 will enjoy it just as much.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Just this is an amazing show. Um, real quick, everyone who's listening, please check check out maps.org. Uh, y'all can support by being a monthly contributor or y'all can buy a t-shirt. T-shirts are really awesome. They say psychedelic research department on the front, maps on the back. Um, yeah. Y'all check out the minute doing great things. There's a lot of other companies doing these things too, but uh maps were the best. So
0: (laughs) maps.org. All right.